listening to the iHeartRadio Talk Network, and this is The Evan Solomon Show. Welcome to The Big Show. Welcome to The Big Show. This is my final show. After seven years broadcasting here, five years on the national show, this is it. I was away yesterday for Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, we fast and we reflect on things, which I did. And it was emotional, I got to tell you. One of the things we do on Yom Kippur is we apologize for publicly for to people who we may have offended, let down, didn't do our best, and you ask for forgiveness. So I'm going to start the show with that. I've been doing this for a long time, and not every day is your best. So here's this. How's this for a Canadian moment? I'm sorry for things I may have failed you on or let you down or didn't ask the right question. Or had a view that offended you that I didn't think out clearly. And I mean that because on the last show you do, you want to thank the people. Samantha Pope's here, my great producer. Sam's on the board. We have the Hi, Sam. Hi, Evan. Chris Viss is here. We're going to talk to Chris. We're going to bring some of our old producers back. Uh, you know, we're going to thank Hannah and Christy Cameron, who's sick. Christy, I hope you feel better. Uh, Donnie Coulter's going to show up. Chris Sims is going to show up. We're going to have friends of the show. Some of our best friends in the show are going to show up, not just to have one of these love-in orgies, although, hey, what, what the hell, but we're going to talk about the thing that is the cornerstone of talk radio, and for me, the thing I think about more than anything, and the issue that is... In my view, the singularly most troubling thing afflicting our lives, which is the erosion of trust. 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 Because the relationship that we have on this radio, and I thank you so much, and I'll talk about this later in the program. The relationship between the intimacy between a radio show and you in your car, your office, your home. Your headphones. I never take that for granted. We, we have a relationship, one that has seen us through COVID and wars and protests and deaths and births and new people and transitions for you, for, for all of us. And it's unbelievably meaningful. But trust is at the heart of it. And you know, since I've been announced, I was going to move to New York City. So I'm moving to New York with my wife. Partly, you know, I'm going to become the publisher of a, a company called G Zero. The publishers like this, you know, I'm going to head up their media company. They have TV, radio, podcasts, lots of digital things. Really cool foreign affairs. It's a nonpartisan foreign. They really focus on politics, both in the U.S. and around the world. I'll be doing some, yes, I'll still be doing some radio and television there. I'll still be part of CTV from New York City as a special correspondent. And I'll be on the management group of this company called Eurasia Group, which is the world's leading political risk management firm. So they have offices around the world. I'm excited. But a lot of people say, why would you leave? You've established this trust with us. Like, also, why would you leave such a great job? You you love your job, right? 
You have a two-hour national radio show. Then you've got CTV's power play during the week. And on Sundays, you have CTV's question period. You have three shows. Why would you leave? Were you booted out? No. I left because I had this unbelievable opportunity to have another adventure in my life after 25 years of doing this. We wanted an adventure. We want to give New York City a kick at the can. Why not, right? Hey, we're not going to Toledo. No knock on Toledo. But we're going to try something to build a new company, to, to try to build new programs. I'm excited. But frankly, the truth is I love my job here. I love each program. I love seeing Sam and Chris every day. I love my time at Bell Media and CTV News. There's not a bad story. I do believe this is the best job in the world. I don't believe there's a guy, there's any journalist that has three shows like this that could be more happy. And the people we work with here, or Tony and Nick who are on the board today, or Donnie, we laugh, we joke, we debate. It's pretty incredible. The best part is I learned from you. The best part is that we take our mandate, and you know my mandate has always been throwing balls and strikes. What I say about CTV News, and this is based once on a conversation I had with Lloyd Robertson, and Lloyd sent me a beautiful note. Lloyd, I love you, man. Facts first, fearless opinions, and a friendly approach. First, fearless, friendly. That's the mantra. Get the facts and be first with them. Break the news. Get them right. Be fearless with your views and be fearless with the story so you don't kiss ass to people in power. And be friendly, be normal, be authentic. In TV, and I worked for a long time in TV, we had these formal conventions, people talk in a certain way, you know, you put on a tie. TV often prefers polish over authenticity. I think that's increasingly a big mistake. Talk radio is about authenticity over polish doesn't have to be perfect. It's got to be real. It's about people, not policies. You know, politics, and I cover politics for, and I love politics, but politics is about lumping people together into big, big collective groups. That's the nature of the job. They're trying to have policies that affect the most people, but often that leaves people out. What I learned from talk radio, what I learned from you, what I learned from listening to you, debating with you, taking your calls and your texts at 71010, I learned that everybody's different. There's a million different stories out there. These ideas don't, there's not one size fits all. And you've got to listen. You've got to listen. You've got to listen to people's stories. And you've got to debate respectfully. And that's the secret, not only to good radio, but good democracy. People don't agree. We don't want everyone to be a bunch of robots. I agree with. No, we don't want that. People are going to get together and agree in parties in general, but individually, we got to listen to each other's stories and each other's circumstance. And if, if we sometimes we're going to laugh together, sometimes we're going to yell at each other, but in the end, we're going to have a coffee or a tea or a beer. As we do with our team here every day, we're the best team in the business. But the reason I say trust is, is at a premium. A few months back on this program, we had the pollster David Coletto, you know, from Abacus Data on. He had surveyed 1,500 Canadians, and they had done a series called Trust and Facts, What Canadians Believe, and they were talking about levels of trust. And get this, 
44% of Canadians they surveyed, that would be the equivalent of 13 million people, believe, quote, big events like wars, recessions, and the outcomes of elections are controlled by small groups of people working in secret against us. Many agree much of our lives are controlled by plots hatched in secret places. 13 million people believe basically in a cabal controlling the world, not in democracy. 11 million people, or 37%, said there's a group of people in this country who are trying to replace native-born Canadians with immigrants who agree with their political views. This is commonly referred to as replacement theory. 20% of people think the World Economic Forum is global elites in a secret strategy to impose their ideas. 13% of people think Bill Gates is implanting microchips in you to control you. My point is, people are losing trust. And someone asked me the other day, what is the antidote to trust, to mistrust, to conspiracy theories, to this anger, to this politics of grievance where everyone's a victim and everyone thinks everything's against me. Oh, it's they're against me. They're offending me. Left, right, doesn't matter. The antidote, in, and I mean this, is talking to each other and listening to each other. The antidote, frankly, is talk radio. It's what we do every day. We listen to each other. We swap views. We change our ideas. We disagree, but we listen to each other. The best thing we can do, doesn't mean we have to agree, is we've got to listen and talk. And it has been a privilege to have this program to do that every day. It has made me a better person, a better journalist. And you can connect with me on Twitter, at Evan L. Solomon. You can text me at 71010. Please put your name in a way I can reach you because I'll connect back to you. Put your name or your email or your number if you want, and I'll I'll try to get back to you. Or or tweet me at Evan L. Solomon. I want to connect with you because it's been the best part of my career. So we've got a great group of people on to talk about this. Stay with us. Time in your car doesn't have to be time wasted. Join the evolution of talk radio. This is the Evan Solomon Show on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome back to the big show. My last show here. I'm getting great texts. If you text me at 71010, I can't tell you how much I love these texts. Just send me your name and, and a way to reach. I'll try to text you back. Some of these great texts. And by the way, they're all great. I love this one. Evan, I'll never forget your story about driving with semen under your arm to do analysis when you were doing IVF with your wife. I did the same. My IVF son is now 10 years old. I respect you so much. Men like you make the world turn. Kevin, good job, Kevin. There's a story I don't need to retell. My other favorite, there's so many really nice ones. I'll just read one more, which uh, I thought was great. This guy, um, let me just see. There's so many that are coming in. This guy said... um, Hey, Evan, I am no fan of yours. I disagree with you on everything. I have written awful things to you, but I hate myself more than I hate you. Good luck, man. Hey, I didn't, you didn't sign your name. Just, I love the fact that it doesn't matter. We're disagreeing, but we're communicating. That's what it is all about, man. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read these. I'm going to try to get back. Two people that I love that have made so, I have learned so much from these two and had a great time and I hope established a friendship. Uh, the first one has his own music and I'm going to play it for the last time on this. Maybe he'll, the next host will want risking it all with Dan Riskin, but here it is. 
It's good for you overall. Yeah, this is great. This is it's a dream, man. The headline is risking it all. Yeah, I think that's where we're going with this. With Dan Riskin. Dan Riskin is here, and and I'll tell you the other. This is I like our science segment because I love learning stuff. Is Doctor Isaac Bogosh never got his own music, which is probably one of the things he always is pissed off about. Infectious disease physician. Toronto General Hospital kind of took us through COVID. Two scientists, a medical doctor and, and a bat expert and a writer, two of the, my all-time favorite guys, Dan and Isaac. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, oh, for, thanks having for having us. The last show. Crazy, right? Um, I'm going to start with my old pal, Risk, in there. Um, right on. He's left the show. You know what it's like, and it's, and it's tricky, right? Part of what I want to talk about today is how... Like one of the challenges, my theme today is trust. You know, how people want to learn something, but they don't want to be bored by something, right? And trust is at the heart of our democracy. I think it's under great threat. What is for you, Dan? Like what, the thing I love about you is when you tell stories about science. One, you're enthusiastic. It's like we're, we're at a birthday party and the present is something new. And two, you tell a story. What is the kind of secret to making people care about science, ideas, things that they didn't know they needed to know? I, I think, you know, it really comes down to the excitement of the unknown and the fact that uh, the, the, that's what makes life worth living is that you don't know everything and you want to know more and, and just going toward that. And I'm reminded it's this is the second time I've been able to talk with Isaac at the same time. And I'm reminded of the first time, which is when this was all starting. The last time we spoke together was when this whole thing was de- declared a pandemic. It was the day it was declared a pandemic. And uh and I just remember his, his, just his steady tone and the way he just knew exactly what he was talking about. It really like it gave me sort of that outsider perspective of what it's like to have an expert sort of just spell it all out. And uh, Isaac, you have just been gold for these last years, just carrying everybody through this, uh, really putting on a clinic about how to how to discuss this stuff. Because when when it really matters, you know, it's our curiosity that is just so important to it all like just that's part of how we calm ourselves down is to ask tons of questions and try to find answers and try to find meaning in it and so i think that's where it all goes yeah doc you i I could dan said it brilliantly as ever you you have been really steady but i one thing that i think surprised me and I, i wonder if it surprised you too is the fact that it wasn't like in i guess when we i grew up anyway you know a doctor says something you're like well my doctor told me i should put on this cream i guess i should you know like this is what it is the, the fact that you faced this kind of tsunami of doubt when you were in the middle of the pandemic, that people turned on science in a way I've never seen, Doc. Oh, yeah. I mean, just take it. So I agree completely. I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a significant challenge, and it's going to be a significant challenge moving forward. I mean, we're in the social media era, so, you know, it's almost, I know some people discuss it as the post-truth era where anything you put online can be amplified and we've seen misinformation and disinformation amplified. I don't have a good approach to this yet. I mean, this is a much bigger issue that requires a coordinated global approach, but it certainly has done a ton of harm. And even taking a step back, just uh, thinking about the last couple of years, I mean, I've tuned in a lot and I've certainly learned a lot from both of you guys, including uh, taking notes quietly about how Dan communicates science and trying to emulate that because I think he does that's such a remarkable job. And I, I do remember our first conversation uh, in early 2020 when this was all started. And in fact, you might have heard background noise. I remember I was working in West Africa at the time yeah. and I was standing outside of the airport in the Ivory Coast, in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. And, uh, and, and you know, the world was just 
crumbling around us. Borders were closing. No one knew what was going on. You saw these scenes out of China that were just horrific. And it was moving on to Italy and Iran. And, and uh, there was so much, uh, I think, fear of the unknown. And it's just incredible to see where we are now, two and a half years later, and how much, how far we've come. Obviously, still challenges ahead, but obviously we've got vaccines and therapeutics, and we know a lot more about this. So we're in a much better place now. But the, but I, you know, the things that we faced and you face, you know, that literally protests and, 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 you know, people, people were angry and that happens when you take away their civil liberties. One of the things I do think though, that is the key to trust. And, and that's the theme of the show today, because I think talk radio is so vital because we're listening to people and we're hearing people and it's very direct, very intimate. And Dan, I'll throw back to you is, is, and what I like to do is just talk like a regular person. Like it's not Dan Riskin, CTV science technology expert. Here's your story of the day. Dr. Isaac Bogosh. In fact, it's, you know, it's like Dan, you and I have talked about running, talked about, you know, going to the John running, talked about <laughs> our kids. No, but I mean it like people have to know that you're a person that you're a real person, that you're like them, that there's not, it's not like there's this world of elites that live in like a temple of, like, you're just a guy who's doing their stuff and your kid's got a runny nose and your mortgage is due, you know, you know what I mean? And I I appreciate that. Uh, Both of you guys are just so bloody authentic, Dan. Well, yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, the, the, the way we talk about the science and talk about the stuff that we work on day to day it fits into that bigger picture of how we all live our lives. And actually I, I was really inspired. There was a, an interview with um, one of the people that won the chemistry Nobel the other day, uh, Barry Sharpless. And he was just talking about how much he loves going toward the unknown and taking on challenges that he hasn't done. And, and you were just talking about how scary the world seemed in 2020 when we were all thrown into the unknown sort of unwillingly. And we didn't know how it was all going to shake out and we didn't know where we were going to land and we had to find a way to make it work. But, you know, Evan, you're, you've made a choice to go into a different unknown. You're, you're taking on new challenges. You're leaving a lot of comfortable things uh, to try your, your hand at something totally new. And so you have something in common with this Nobel laureate that you seem to be drawn to that. You, and I think, oh, my God, that, I hope you're going to give me that prize. That's, are, you, are you kind of awarded? Man, Dan Riskin, just he almost Nobel, just basically. gave me the Nobel right there. I'm going to take that. Can I basically. just say, say, because I got a minute left. I have a text, and I'm going to throw to Bogosh first, okay? So Dan and, and Isaac, quote, Don't forget, Evan, women find both these guys crazy attractive. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. Uh, yeah, I, I'm riding uh, Isaac's so, so Dan gave me the Nobel Prize, uh, Doc, but you just got the haughty prize. Yeah, I'm just going to... You know, whatever you say next is going to be misinterpreted or, you know, realize, oh, this is, this is good. We still are alive. Yeah, isn't gonna this good to see him? Shut this, my mouth. But this is good, right? Because you're going to, this is the kind of thing where on air you'll be like, no, but off air, because, you know, you're a dad. Now you'll be like, you know what? I still got it, man. <laughs> you're going to have a little private <laughs> moment. Saying, definitely got it. Yeah, Isaac definitely. Isaac's guy is going to be like, I'm happening a, behind the scenes. He's going to go, that guy's just a radio guy. The other guy, like, he likes, but I'm a doctor and I'm hot. Like, I've got it. Yeah. Yeah, I got it all. Though. Yeah, it's Bogosh's world, and we're all just walking around. Yeah, here. yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, he's I just love these conversations. Yeah, it's really just the hot fever. All wonderful. right, listen, guys. Um, on a serious note, uh, Dan Riskin, Doctor Isaac Bogosh, thank you. I love our conversations. I've laughed. I've learned. And I respect both of you more. Keep it up. I hope our pa- I know our paths are going to cross both uh, personally and professionally. You two are really the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to both of you. I really appreciate it.
Thank you, Evan. Good luck. Thank you to you as well. You're the best. All right, gents. Oh, God, I love those guys. Two smarter guys. That's a dinner party. So at my dream dinner party, first you get Bogosh, you get Dan, and then the next guy. Oh, no, no. Not Scott Reed. What? Authentic voices, real conversations. This is the Evan Solomon Show on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome back to the uh, big show. My final show here after seven years. Feeling emotional, getting some FOTS, some friends of the show on. Talk about the fact that what do we need in this country? What are the stories that matter? What resonates? There's a trust issue. And so I thought, oh God, I got to have Scott Reed on. I mean, I do like him. I've been on air with him for like 20 years. He's brilliant. A CTV News political commentator, former comms director. He's on the Hurley Burley, said some nice things. I got like, I got to have Scott because, you know, it's the last time he'll be able to brag about his dad bod. But I had to supplement him because, you know, Scott thinks he's funny. But then I have to have Mark Critch, by the way, whose bod is even better. The comedian, the actor is a star of the new TV series, Son of a Critch. And Scott's a big fan. So I thought, all right. And Critch said... You know, I haven't done my charity work. You know, I've, I've, I've survived the hurricane and everything's good. So I'll just do a favor to Scott, that poor soul. And so now I have to welcome Scott and Critch. Hi, gents. Howdy. Man, with wow. an introduction like that, I'm so sorry to hear it's your last show. <laughs> Letting it all go. Uh, 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 you're going out big. Everything must go. I Everything love must go. Everything must go. Uh, Critchy, first of all, before we get to the, the, the last show, how's the fam? Like, how's the the province devastated by the hurricane? Like, uh, you and I sort of chatted. You you were uh, you were out of power. How's everyone doing? Let's just start there. Everybody, um, I'm quite lucky. Everyone in my family is lucky. Of course, the people uh, in the Port of Basque area are having uh, to rebuild. They've, many of them have lost everything. There's a big uh, fundraising concert at Mile One uh, Stadium coming up uh, soon. Well, now the Mary Brown Center. Sorry, they changed the name. They named it after uh, the, the delicious chicken. <laughs> uh, there, that is a delicious chicken. St. Yeah, John's but- delicious chicken. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we had a lot of uh, the artists once again coming together and, and uh, hoping to raise a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, a lot of those people had to had to start over, and it's very very rough. But uh, uh, you know, in St. John's that area, we, we are all fine. Well, that's good. So now that we've talked about your community, can we talk about Scott Reed's pod or something that he cares about with the same? Level. No, I, on a serious note, I, I, I want to say this because both of Also, a natural disaster that I'm working hard <laughs> yeah. to overcome. We actually have a fundraiser for that, Bod, uh, Critchie. If you could get some artists over here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the Great Big C guys to Would you? Great Big C would be great. <laughs> be so great. <laughs> I'd really appreciate it. We and were, boy, oh boy. Yeah, the dad, my, bod, my belly would be so happy. Yeah, but let's just, and everyone would be drinking, so it would be like a counterintuitive dad bod fundraiser. It's like, why? Why have to drink more? More chicken? Okay, the three of us have been friends and, and, and been in this kind of the business of, 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 you know, whether it's politics or comedy or just telling stories for, for many decades. Scotty, like my contention here on, on, on this is my last show on this particular environment, I'll be doing more stuff, but is that we have, we're facing a trust crisis. And one of the things is, is how do you reestablish trust? I think talk radio is a great way to do it. 
I think telling stories, like when you talk to Mark Critch and, and you, you hear the stories of Canadians, it actually brings us together. What's your sense of like the crisis of trust and, and maybe what we got to do to 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 bring people out of this grievance? Well, I, th- I think it's actually critical. I don't want to get super serious, but I do think it's absolutely the most vital uh, aspect of this whole debate because like, I spent my entire professional life working in politics. And about eight years ago, people figured out that you didn't have to play by rules anymore. You didn't have to adhere to norms. You could just tell people what they wanted to hear. And if you were willing to tell people the untrue things they were willing to hear, then they would be even more uh, loyal and roused by you. And so, you know, that's that, that begets more of it. And, you know, what's the antidote to that? You know, there's a, there's a couple of things. Like, first of all, speaking truth to power. I remember your, I'm going to go back in time. Your very first interview that I ever encountered you wasn't with me. It was with my boss. Paul Martin was financed minister we met in the library of parliament after a budget and you were like all keened up as a young reporter and you hammered him about 55 questions we got off air he said what an a-hole i'm like yeah but he was asking tough questions so you got to give the guy some <laughs> Can I tell you that is so fun it was it was a budget it was like i don't even know what year that was it was like a second budget but i had been filling in for hannah gartner on the national on cbc and they said hannah gartner said i hate doing budgets so they said evan you do it and it was my first budget uh, interview with the finance minister. And I think I asked him something about like hospital beds or something. He's like, what the hell is, who is this guy? And I like been through the budget, like tooth and nail. And, uh, he was kind about it, but you t- called me afterwards and you said, you know, my boss thinks you're an a-hole. Well, you came at him like George Shavalo. So the first is truth to power. You got to challenge these things. And the second, and it speaks to Mark, you know, humor goes a long way. You know, you want to you get people's defenses down, make a joke, crack a joke, get people to laugh at themselves. And if nothing else, a big tell in my view, and I, I, I'd be interested to hear what Mark thinks because of all the politicians he's worked with and done parodies with and stuff. If, if, if a political person if a person in media can't laugh at themselves, then you know that there's something bad and wrong about that person. Critchy, I, I think you're right. And I, I, I think the role of humor and political satire and the fearlessness, Critchy, plays a huge role for people. Well, you know what? It's funny because we're just having the 30th anniversary of 22 Minutes now. And a bunch of people uh, who were interviewing me about it were saying things like, "How can I guess it's really hard to make uh, things funny in these dark, dark times. And when I started writing, it was right after 9-11 on the show. And it's like, we've been there before. But humor can be, uh, it, there's a lot of truth in humor, right? <clears throat> you get a big laugh when you say something to someone like a prime minister that people go, oh, I wish I could have said that. And oftentimes you get a laugh because you're saying something that everyone knows to be true, but nobody else is saying it. And do you right remember, there, was there uh, something that you were nervous to say to a, like to a person of power, Chris, like a joke? Cause I've sometimes had to just ask a question, not a below the belt question, but I'd like, I'm going to do it. Like I have to go there. Uh, Critchie, was there something that you was like, I'm just going to crack that joke. Hell, you know, I, that's my job. Damn the torpedoes. Oh, absolutely. All the time. Cause it's awkward. Right. <clears throat> and you have to, you have to go there. Um, and you had to, to make fun of these things. I, I mean, uh, I forget what it was, but after the whole blackface thing, which you know, <laughs> next time interviewing him, you know, you got to reference it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it and it is just so. Even though you're making fun of or, or the person has put themselves in this situation, it, it's still you know awkward. Uh, and I, last time, I, Andrew Shear wouldn't 
merch and a pride parade or whatever, and there was all that stuff. So I went to a rally during the last election, and I brought in, a, I sent in ahead of me a couple of our writers, and underneath, you know, uh, they had all pro-LGBTQ uh, shirts on, and they had like a flag hidden, and they had shows like, we're here, we're here, get used to it. And they were hitting in the crowd of the rally. And he's on stage at the rally, and a few people were, saw me there, and they're yelling, like, boo, fake news, CBC Mark Critch is here, he's the worst, you know. And he, he stops the rally, and he goes, you know what, stop. Mark's a good guy, he's interviewed me in the past. Uh, right, nice. I consider him a, a friend. Uh, I'm going to go down and talk to him, and he has a right to be here. And there's a scattering of applause. Now, meanwhile, I snuck a pride parade into his rally, and when he comes <laughs> over to me, I, I say, oh, you wouldn't uh, march in a pride parade, so I brought one to you. And they all throw glitter and <sighs> dance. Pictures taken. I said, now it's like, so <laughs> at that moment, when he's defending me to the, this crowd, I'm going, oh, man, I'm such a <laughs> What am I doing? This guy. But, you know, but that's part of the, uh, part of the gig. But guys like Andrew um, would come and do it, right? Other people like John Beard. Man, you remember, um, uh, I was at a press gallery dinner once. I was trying to get John Beard to do it, and he wouldn't. And I think you even went over on my behalf to, yeah, yeah. to do an interview. He wouldn't. And then after that, he ran down a hallway to avoid me, but the door at the other end was locked. And then somebody came over and said, oh, don't use that clip. Uh, we'll talk to you. And I'm like, are you crazy? That's He's like, bit. at the end of a hallway, he won't come back. I'm going to use that. So it's true. Like sometimes yeah. the ones who, uh, I'm always suspicious of the ones who won't do it. You know, uh, like Harper had uh, Jerry Hall handcuffed from our show. I know. Uh, it's, okay, hold, hold on, hold on. I'm interrupting you because I got 45 seconds. I, and and, and this, this is how time goes. Uh, you're used to, you know, 22 minutes. I'm, I'm, I got like 22 <laughs> seconds. Uh, Mark Critch, Scott Reed. Uh, for Scotty, I love you. You're a great friend. You're, I've learned so much from you over the years. I love have, being on air with you. Honestly, keep it up. I love you on the curse of politics and everything you do. Critchy, I mean, son of a Critch, the, the books, the friendships, uh, and just the laughs. Um, you guys are, honestly, I can't thank you enough. Your friends... Uh, you're brilliant, and you keep this country together uh, with people that love you or don't love you. It doesn't matter. You tell great stories, and you do it all. Gentlemen, thank you. i got to take a break. You two are the best. Where you meet the people behind the story. It's the Evan Solomon Show on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome back to the big show, our last show. My last show. The show will go on. I, I've to- I told you all I'm, I'm taking this pretty exciting new job in New York City. Uh, I'm going to start running a media company there. Try to, It's a political company and uh, nonpartisan, as you know. I try to call balls and strikes and... Do the best I can. I have received so many messages at 71010 from you. Um, my God. <clears throat> at the break, I'm getting emotional. It's, it's remarkable. Please, if you can, if you want, uh, at 71010, just leave me away. I'll try to get back to you. I'll text you or I'll, uh, I'll try to email you. Just leave your name and, and some kind of way. People who have listened, like this is a relationship. This, this radio show is about us sharing stuff. And many of you are you know, sharing stories that we've all gone through together. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we disagree. It doesn't matter to me. I love that. My God, the last thing I want to do is talk. And everyone goes, well, that's right. We want to have it out. Hash it out. 
We want to be provoked. Change your mind. There's oftentimes I've spoken to someone. I have my opinion. You know, talk radio. you got a strong opinions. And I hear from you. I'm like, you know what? That's a great point. I look at Sam. I'm like, solid point. Mind-changing. Way to go. I don't mind that. In fact, I live for that. Now, part of what we're doing today is we're talking to the friends of the show. People who have had an impact on our lives, who have been on the program, who have made a difference. I don't know how you live your life, but you kind of want to live your life following your heart. And not everyone gets to do that. Let's be candid. People have circumstances, mental health, economic situations. Just life gets in the way of following your heart. And even for those people that do follow their heart, life gets in the way. But then they come back. I met this next guest, this next friend of mine. I don't even know how long ago, 25 years ago. And he was in a, the biggest band in the country. One of the nicest guys I ever met. And he said something on this program after like, I've known him for 20 odd years. And it was in the middle of COVID. And I was asking him about, uh, I think we were talking about the Beatles. And he, sa- he said, I said, do you think you ever like, what happens to people, musicians as they age? And he said to me, uh, I really feel I'm still full of melodies and I'll never forget that as long as I live. It is the most beautiful description of a life lived to be living your life as if you're full of melodies and the melody of much of my life has been written by Stephen Page, founding member, lead singer, guitarist, songwriter, of course, for the Bare Naked Ladies. Now, of course, uh, one of the great solo acts and a dear friend, Steve Page joins me. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Alan. Hey, congratulations on the next chapter. Next chapter. The next chapter in New York should be fun. Hey, let me ask you something, because you and I have lived kind of, you way more than me, but public lives. And and, and part of what I'm talking about is sharing with an audience your your real life. Like, you're not just a person. Like, your songs have been soundtracks to weddings and births and funerals. How much do you let people into your life now? Because, you know, the relationship with audiences has changed even page. Like, are you more comfortable letting people into your, your, your actual life now? Yes. I mean, in general, yes. I think you have to be, there is a thing you have to be conscious of about boundaries with anybody. Well, you know what? like with people at work or whatever else you're doing, you got to create some sense of boundaries, but there is an intimacy like now, especially from the beginning of COVID onward, like the fans who tune into my zoom concerts and that kind of stuff. They know me, but they know my wife, Christine, too. They know my kids. They have a sense of, of that. You know, I'm not going to let them in on every little detail, but it does feel like a relationship that is closer to a friendship mm. than just somebody, you know, somebody whose music you consume. I noticed that. Like you and I, you know, I've been through it, you know, ups and downs. Uh, yeah. You've been through it, ups and downs. The public knows about it. They can read about it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I like to talk about it. I'm pretty open about all that stuff. Well, I know you are, but, but when I see you on stage now, it, there is a new intimacy. Like when you were like, you know, at the bare naked laser is crazy. There was still a, I mean, an approachability that I think was almost unrivaled by any band. That was part of the, part of the, the, the miracle of the bare naked ladies. You have a kind of newer intimacy, like, Hey, we're all in this together. And I know you got a new, new album, Excelsior coming out. Is that part of it? Like you're talking to intimates now. Yes. Yeah, that's, and that's, there's a, even a song on the new album called Zoom that's just about the fact that, you know, I didn't expect to have 
a deeper relationship with the audience with things like technology. I expected it would make us feel even more uh, isolated from each other. And, and in a way, of course, it can, unless you work it. If you work at it, you can actually use that stuff to your to your benefit. You know, we're, we're doing these shows now, the Stephen Page Trio are opening for The Who on in arenas right now, which is just crazy. You know, it's childhood dream come true. But, you know, I go up there. Wait, wait, stop, 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 Paige. Like, are you really going to gloss over that? Like, it's like, I'm like, hey, my neighbor gave me cupcakes. By the way, Donnie just did give us cupcakes, our our producer. But you're like, you just, you're saying you're opening for the who? Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, can we talk about that? Like Pete Townsend is like, like, do you talk to Pete? I don't. On stage, I do not pretend I'm not excited. I let the audience know how amazing it is <laughs> to be there. How, like, 12-year-old Stephen is still inside of me, freaking out. Did you go to that uh, Maple Leaf? I went to their last concert. I was in grade 7. So I was 12 or 13. I took my a girl named Joanne Green to The Who, what should have been their last concert, Maple Leaf Gardens. You remember that concert? It was like, oh, and then they, I, they played like oh, yeah. 50 years I watched it on I watched it on TV with wow. my cousin Mark at his house. Wow. Wow. So now you're opening for, okay, I, I just didn't want you to gloss over that. Like, I just, you're, you're dropping that stuff, but how, do you hang out with like, I don't know, Roger Daltrey or, or, or Pete Townsend? Pete Townsend did come into our dressing room on the first <laughs> night and welcome us to the tour, which was like, <laughs> terrifying and amazing and the thing is the other thing is we get to sit so in the good. audience and watch the who every night and back to like what you were saying before about about you know being you know getting older and being out in the world i watch these guys and honestly some things that they do are almost better now like roger is in such good voice but he's also 76 he's working his ass off and nobody is right. taking it for granted they have some technical problems, and you can see it's annoying them. And it's like they could they could just not care, but they care, and that for me is so inspiring. Uh, it is so inspiring, and you're still caring. You still push it, eh? Like it's nerve wracking oh, out there, but you're going for it. This is the greatest thing. It's like I feel like every opportunity. I, maybe I'm not trying to make it like I was in my twenties, but I am so grateful for every opportunity. And then when the audience likes it. Yeah. It's, it feels like it's the greatest reward out there. Wow, I can't. You know, but you know, so I, I was interviewing uh, uh, Pete Townsend the other day, and he said, "You know, I'm uh, I'm the follow up act to Stephen Pate." No, I didn't. I didn't interview him. <laughs> yeah. but, but that would have been nice. Hey, listen, man, I, I love you, and I hope uh, when I move down there to New York, I, I get a chance to hang out with you a bit. Uh, I congrats on the new album, folks. Check out Stephen Page's new album. Uh, he is opening for. The- uh, man, I love saying that. Uh, but your new album, uh, Excelsior, the new single out is Zoom, uh, releases uh, just a couple weeks ago, I guess, September 6th, or just a, a week ago. Thanks, man. Uh, I, you've been just a great inspiration for, like, decades of my life, a great friend, and, and, and it's a long road, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love having you here. Uh, I'm really excited for you, Evan. Have a great time. We'll see you down in New York. That's Stephen Page, Bare Naked Ladies. Lots more to come. Oh, the War Room is coming up. Ah! Yes, the war You're listening to the iHeartRadio Talk Network, and this is the Evan Solomon Show. Welcome back to the uh, big show, my final show 
seven years in. Friends of the show joining us as we talk about just the relationship, trust between an audience and the media and politics. I'm having one of those, what the hell am I actually doing? Why did I make this jump to this job in New York City, which is going to be great. But, you know, the text that you're sending me at 71010, like, they are so unbelievably nice. Uh, and please tag me with your name and wave. I'll try to get back to you. The, the texts are pouring in because we've just had this extraordinary relationship. And then I'm talking to guys like Mark Critch and Steve Page and Scott Reed, great, great friends of the show, uh, Dan Risk, Riskin. And I'm just thinking to myself, I just said to Sam, like, what the hell am I doing? I love this. This is the stupidest thing. And now to make matters worse, if you ever want to th- regret making a decision to leave something you love, well, then you just say it's time for the war room. Let me be perfectly clear. Putting out misinformation. And we hear that. Misleading politics. What's really important here. Spreading it online. Unequivocally. The War Room. Normally I would introduce them with some funny little anecdote. (laughs) Normally I'd come up with some flourish to talk about uh, Zane Velge, the political campaign strategist and partner at Northweather and who worked with the Calgary mayor. Or I'd say something about Thomas Mulcair, the CTV political analyst and former NDP leader, lawyer, politician, great public servant, silver tongue master, I would say, or Tim Powers, the chairman (laughs) of Summa Strategies and managing director of Abacus Data and his kind of brilliant generosity and political acumen. I would. But on the last show, I'm just going to call them Zane, Tom, and Tim because they have become friends and dear friends. And it has been the best part of my week to listen to not just have some laughs together, because we always have a good laugh, but to learn something from, I think, three of the best people and that make up this country. So Zane, Tim, Tom, that's all I got. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you. Welcome to the last War Room together, gents. Oh, good. Well, I was going to roast you. you. I was going to roast you right <laughs> off the top. I knew that. you had that sappy <laughs> introduction. You, yeah. you, you, you blunted it. I like that. But I, I'm glad <laughs> that verbosity is leaving the air finally, though. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. yeah no, this, that's a, now Zane probably is going to cash in on this as a consultant. That's called rhetorical prophylactic. Right, just, uh, just to, to protect and yourself I don't, from the I don't roast. understand your new job, so I'm just going to label it as consultant as well. So congratulations. Let me know if you want $20 word lessons. I, I'm happy to give them at $50 a word. Uh, uh, I'm more than happy to do so. How important, like I, one of the themes today, I'm going to start with Tim. Um, I've known Tim for, was, when I first got to Ottawa, I, I became friends with Tim. And uh, let's just say he wasn't running as much as he was doing running around, but that was a great time of his life. <laughs> He's now a great runner. Uh, he settled down, but he's always been the, literally one of the greatest guys. I, I mean, I, I knew we'd be friends from the beginning. One of the most inspirational guys. One of the things all three of us have talked about, and, and I'm trying to talk about it on, on the last show, it's just a theme of trust. Like, I really believe this country is founded on trust, uh, trust to disagree, and but but there's something's happened. Like, we have a crisis of trust politically, in the media, with audiences, and, and I believe talk radio is one way to, to bridge that, but Tim... Talk about that. Has that changed for you? And how, like when you're talking to politicians or in the media, how you kind of rebuild that? Well, let me say one thing nice to you, because you deserve that today. Talking about trust. One of the lessons I've learned from you is to trust in yourself and believe you can do things. 
I uh, have learned a lot of, about of many things from you, but one of the things I treasure most is you've taught me both in word and in deed how to be a good dad and how to to make sure you're there for your kids. And people, you talk about your children, uh, Maisie and Gideon on the radio sometimes, but to, to see what a good father you are and what a good mom Tammy is, it's quite an inspirational uh, example. So I mean, I mean that quite sincerely. Um, I mean, oh answering your question Holy almost seems... Well, you know what? Just stop. That's the... That, I, you, by the way, uh, Zane and Tim, uh, Tom, you can just go home. That was, that was solid. <laughs> that was good stuff. I'm playing that to Tammy on repeat. That's for Tammy. Okay, go ahead, Tammy. Sorry. No, I, well, look, uh, and tomorrow, funnily enough, I get to do my VOCM Voice of the Common Man hosting uh, tomorrow, and we have a very cynical... Uh, hurt population in Newfoundland, everything that's going on with the, the hurricane, and I take lessons from you on how to do that. But I look, I think it's something you said earlier in the show about uh, Isaac and Dan Riskin. It's also about being authentic. The media need to be authentic. You and your reporting in particular have always demonstrated an authenticity, and I think it's authenticity combined with tenacity and consistency, mm. that you're always going to be consistent, you're always going to tell the story in such a way that people understand that your version is based on facts and the way you do it. And I think more of that is important. And don't get intimidated. I mean, Tom has, has been at the front of this. People, when you get elected, will try and intimidate the hell out of you. Don't let them win mm. with intimidation. Mm. That's, you know, it's funny, Tom, and we, I'd love to hear your... Tom and I, you know, when you were in elected politics before yep. you came on here, you and I had some tough... We had some tough goes. And... Uh, sure. and, and, and always i always thought fair but not easy right and and you know we've established uh, i i think frankly due to you you've become a fearless political commentator uh, and one of the great joys is getting to know you as a friend but i got to tell you um you know i i'm intrigued to hear how you talk about that trust and and politics and the media and how people need to reestablish that because it's it's i think it's eroding well, first of all, let me say again, because I had a chance to say it to you earlier. I'm just so sad that we're going to be losing your voice regularly on this show and, and otherwise. But I'm so happy to learn you're still going to be a special correspondent with CTV for, for news events that will happen in New York. And we'll still get to hear from you regularly. And of course, we're all expecting to get invited down to New York. Right. I'm going to go the with a six-bedroom Tim... apartment for you is all there, guys. <laughs> I want to say, Tim said, you know, talking about lessons from you. And thanks for the, the tip of the hat about fearless political commentator. But some of the tricks that, that I use now, I'm going to give a couple of them away, are things that I learned from you when I was a politician. My two favorite evanisms were, to be fair, which usually <laughs> meant you were about to hit me with another party's favorite line, like a flounder uh, across my jaw. Uh, you know? That's good. Uh, and my other favorite evanism, of course, when you wanted to get in on it, because you were a journalist, you weren't a commentator, so you had to be careful. So then you would look at me and you'd say, but some would say, and I'd have a little bubble appear above my head, which meant, which would say, yeah, yeah, sure, Solomon. Now you're going to say yeah. it, but you're putting it into the voice of this imaginary person that you've just invented. So you can tell me what you think. Anyway, I use those tricks constantly and shamelessly because I learned them from you, but I learned a heck of a lot more from you. And I also learned the most important trick is to be fair, listen to both sides, have fun doing it. There's not enough of that right now in the world. And congrats for everything that you've done here in Canada. And I'm sure they're going to be spoiled rotten to have you with them oh. now in New York. 
But I'm growing a uh, a ponytail in homage to my dear friend Tom because mm-hmm. of this. Uh, Zane, Zane, you want to weigh in on the trust issue? I, I do, and I also want to weigh in on the Evan issue. Um, my friend, I, I I don't even know what to say. Listen, <laughs> let me let me go with the lessons that you've taught me. And and uh, at the top of that list was sincere, genuine curiosity and vulnerability. Um, and I know over the past year or so, we've shared, a, a, I would say, a pretty intimate relationship off this air and around life issues. And you've just been teaching me just by example of how important vulnerability is. And I think that is so, so important that folks not appear, whether they be in media or in politics, as one dimensional, that, that we're all three dimensional and that matters. And that that combined with a sincere curiosity and empathy uh, for, for, for what someone is trying to say, trying to communicate rather than pouncing on that in the moments, rather than just being prepared to react versus actually truly listening. I think that's been amazing. And if I can just share one quick thing, you know, when my father passed away, you, you sent one of the, the kindest messages that I've actually screen capped and will leave in my photos, but it was unbelievable. And I just want to just read one line from it, which is there's no real bromide here that put, puts all of this into a neat emotional category. And only the presence of family and friends start with the slow work of healing count me among those and i have to say you've been a dear dear friend on air and off air and are just a wonderful human being and i wish you the best um <sighs> with whatever consultant gig you take on and i'm here to teach God. you as many give me, 20 give me the, yeah. words give me the as, I, as I can here's oh, the yeah, here's absolutely. the crappiest thing guys uh we're at like i can't believe it um i mean we we always have two blocks for the war room because we can't we're just such yappers uh tim powers tom mulcair <laughs> zane village honestly guys I, your wisdom and your generosity and your friendship. Our listeners, thank you. I thank you. And I love you guys. Thank you. I got to take a break. I'll Have be fun. Right back. Authentic voices, real conversations. This is The Evan Solomon Show on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome back to my final show here as I am pretending that I'm holding it together as my inside melts like hot caramel. (sighs) Sam and I are just sitting here. We're reading the text at 71010. Thank you. Thank you for them. Please give your name and address. I'll try over the next number of days to uh, answer. There's such an intimate relationship through radio. And, you know... Often when I'm away, some of the the people that work with us, it, that's what it's all about. I mean, I remember when actually Bell said, we're going to call it the Evan Solomon Show. And I was like, no, 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 don't call it that. I used to have a show called Ottawa Now. And then they're like, have, and I couldn't say that. I was like, oh, God, it's just so arrogant. But they're like, we're going to do it. And they did it. But the truth is, it's not about Evan Solomon show. It's about Samantha and Chris and Nick and Tony and the people that actually have worked with us. Uh, producers like Chris Sims. She was a producer at 580 CFRA, a former journalist. Uh, and she's now at the BC director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. And Chris Sims is on the line. And so is one of the guys that uh, is one of the great broadcasters at our one of our flagship stations, News Talk 1010 in Toronto. He's the morning man. Uh, the kind of guy that shows up at your dad's Shiva, um, who is one of the great pros I've ever met. Uh, John Moore, host of Moore in the Morning on News Talk 1010. And John is here. I, I was on the, you know, I was honored to be on his roundtable for many years, which is great. 
And, and a guy that welcomed me to CTV seven years ago, and I think is one of my favorite journalist broadcasters. He's, he's good enough to sit in the chair and slum it when I'm away here. Uh, I think one of the greatest journalists, uh, the host of and the anchor of uh, CTV Ottawa News at 6, Graham Richardson. So Graham, John, and Simmers, hello all. Great to be hey, with hey, you. <laughs> Holy Mackinac! <laughs> let, 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 let me just start with Richardson because uh, I can't oh, no. believe I can't believe it's seven years because <laughs> you know Graham and I uh, have covered a lot of things together whether the floods across uh, the river there or obviously the protests but Gray you've been a national reporter uh, at CTV National News for years and then you moved to a local reporter in the anchor I, I and I, I've learned so much from you I, I think you're not just great behind the desk but you're you're out there with people. I think that is the the critical thing in radio or television is like people, I, my theme is about trust today. Mm. Getting out there is the only way. I think you do it better than anybody. Well, you're right. Thank you very much. And uh, I tell this story, Evan, and Chris knows this, and I'm sure John doesn't surprise you as well. When Evan Solomon got hired here to do local radio, lots of the highfalutin crowd up at uh, Parliament Hill kind of went, local radio? And Evan came in here, you came in here like a positive tornado. Immediately young people wanted to work with you. You turned the place upside down in a good way, and you're a leader that people follow. And part of that, I totally agree. During the convoy, you and I were out there, and some of the harshest, most, uh, the harshest critics of the media would be yelling at me, now show that on the news. It's almost like they think that we don't do this every day and broadcast it conventionally, but they see us out there actually talking to people and they're shocked that we actually do that. And that's all we do, everyone. <laughs> and um, there are just, uh, we're, we're all thrilled for you. Uh, we're going to miss you. Uh, but I, I think about you when I talk to young journalists and I think about the fact that you still have the fire. And that moment when you came into this building... Um, from, uh, you know, a different circumstance. And no matter what the show is, when it's the Evan Solomon show or when Evan Solomon's involved, it is a full court press and the whole country benefits. And we yeah. are thrilled for you. And uh, you've learned from me, it's, it's, it's been a, an uneven two-way street. And so I'm just, I'm going to miss you terribly. And um, it's, it's just been, it's been such a great experience for all of us here uh, at CTV Ottawa at 580 CFRA and 87 George. Uh, nicely said, but folks, Graham Richardson, uh, you probably know him across the country. Uh, he's the best in the business. Now, I got to do Graham uh, in the mornings when I first started. Uh, I got asked to join John Moore, uh, the host of Moore in the Morning on News Talk 1010. If nobody knows, if you're outside of Toronto, if you're in Toronto, like it's an institution, okay? Hmm. And it's, it's fast and it's furious and it's smart and it, it, there's opinions. And I was like, wow, this and in the middle of the hurricane is this calm voice who seems to have read everything in the business. It's John Moore. And it's tough, Moore, to connect with people in a city that has more opinions than it's got traffic jams. Oh, I think so. But that's why, and you know, you're so good at this as well. Uh, it's about listening to people and it's about not actually thinking you're telling people something, but you're hoping to inform them and you're hoping to bring together some kind of dialogue. And I also, I mean, you use the word intimate. You're absolutely right. Radio is an intimate medium. Um, you know, I have a friend, actually, I'll meet for lunch every once in a while, and he'll say, don't need to say anything. I know everything. I was listening to the show. You don't need to tell me right. what you're doing. 
Um, and with my listeners, I think, you know, when I started in Toronto with my own show, because before that I had never had a show, I was a contributor, but I didn't have a show. And my parents were still like in their seventies and I would cold call my mother and everybody thought my mother was hilarious. And then, you know, my mom passed away and we talked about that. And then my father had Alzheimer's and we talked about that. Um, I went through a time where I took time away because I was having some issues. And when I came back, we talked about that. And that's what you do in radio. And, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. your dad's passing. And that is what radio is about. It's about sharing those personal moments, even while you're talking about, you know, how the prime minister just got something wrong. John Morewell said, by the way, John, just in the spirit and I know about your mom, uh, my mom just texted me. Usually she texts me and said I made a grammatical error. Um, which is important mom she's great but uh she just wrote me a really nice she's listening hi mom i love you now uh and i'll get to the the family and and my wife and kids in a minute but uh i want to bring in chris sims simmers you know like simmers i want people to understand this people used to think oh evan must be some kind of liberal even now i'm getting it because i work at eurasia group and people say jerry butch is there i'm like but john baird's a senior advisor like why is this (laughs) like why is it but doesn't matter like people like to accuse you of whatever left right Chris Sims, who's now the BC director of the Taxpayers Federation, I don't think people might have thought, how are these two going to get along? Like they, they could, and yet, Simmers, it was like a house on fire together, wasn't it? We, we could it not. Was perfect. Have, it, it was amazing, right, Simmers? It really was. Uh, you were fresh off of your circumstance, as Graham had put it. You, you could call the CBC of... thing a circumstance. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And I was fresh out of the war room, man. Um, I did not know how it was going to work out, but did it ever work out? Um, it was some of my most favorite moments ever in broadcasting because we made great radio and I made a great friend. Mm-hmm. And my favorite memory of working with you was actually when we were covering the working heroes of Fort Mac. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, I sure did. We yeah, getting them live on the air and they were telling their stories. And I think it was at that moment that I thought... You remind me of what William Manchester said of Churchill, and I mean this. He said, you're an extroverted intuitive. Hmm. What that means is you combine insight with emotional intelligence and depth, and you're able to critically analyze something while empathizing with someone. Hmm. And that is why this works. That's why the radio works. That's why the hosting works. That's why this all works. And so I'm super proud of you. I'm very happy for you. Uh, remember Fort Mac when you're at the Met, man. Sure, man. Uh, I would, can I can just I, say, what, yeah, can I let jump me just in, say something about Simmers? Because I got in about 90 seconds. Yeah. Simmers, uh, I remember when Jenny Byrne, who's now, of course, uh, Pierre Polyev's campaign and uh, you know, strategic advisor, and she had been with Harper. Uh, they lost the election. Uh, Simmers bridged. It was the first interview on radio and then television Jenny Burns ever done. I've become a good friend of Jenny since, and I still talk to Jenny a lot. Uh, and that's Chris Sims. Chris Sims um, can be hyperpartisan, but hyperhuman, and and she's a bridge builder. Gray, I got about uh, thirty seconds. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to take long, but because Sims is on and Western and rural. And making sure us urbanites are in touch with that. And I just yeah. want to say the two of you in studio together, it clicked immediately. And yeah. I knew right away that was going to work. And boy, did it work. And hi, Sims. And it's great to be on yeah. with you. Uh, Chris Sims, I-, I love Simmers. By the way, your husband, Harley, just wrote a great uh, uh, a piece excoriating like House of Dragons, which was, I, I just read Simmers. I want you to know I read the Substack. Uh, John Moore, host of More in the Morning on News Talk 1010, Graham Richardson, anchor at CTV. 
uh, News at Six, and Chris Sims, who's now the BC Director of the Canadian Taxpayer Federation. Those are their titles. Graham, John, and Chris are their names. They are friends. I admire them. I thank them. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. I got to take a break. We'll be right back on the Amazon Show. Bringing the story to life. It's Evan Solomon on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome back. Uh, Here we are in the last uh, 25 minutes of my last show. Uh, Again, the texts are pouring in. It's hard to hold this together, I'll tell you that. Uh, 71010, please leave a, a way to contact you. I will really try to do my best to reach you. Um, as you reach out now to be the best. And I got an opportunity to be at my best on the show. You have to work with the best and I work with the best. And that is beyond a good fortune. And I hope wherever you work, you can look to the person to your left and your right or above you, uh, and just say, I work with the best. And, and I've already introduced you to, you know, John Moore and Graham Richardson and Chris Sims, uh, you know, Sam and, you know, Donnie Coulter and, uh, you know, Hannah but uh, the guy behind the board who you never hear uh, is Chris Viss. And Chris Viss is he's got two kids. He works his butt off every day. He is one of the funniest guys and the most humane guys. He cares so deeply about the program. And over the years I've worked with him, he's become a dear friend. And he has been working on a farewell montage that I have never heard. So this is going to be the first time I've heard it. This is what he says are some of his favorite moments that interviews that made us laugh and made us cry. So for the next six minutes, here's my dear friend, our technical producer and the genius behind the board, Chris Viss with a little waltz down memory lane. Evan Solomon on the bell talk radio network. Welcome to The Evan Solomon Show, I am Evan Solomon, and it is a great pleasure to welcome you to the program, our first syndicated daily news talk radio program. We are across much of the country. Three, two, one, zero, Zero. and liftoff. 30 years ago, that was the sound of Roberta Bondar, the first Canadian woman in space. Did you know I'm about to make history? It actually was in my mind close to the time getting into the orbiter and lying on my back in the orbiter. But when I got into space, I was just so focused on the task. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. That's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to each other. We're going to take care. I'm broadcasting from home, as I said, and I will be for, who knows, two weeks, maybe more. Maybe less. I hope everybody's okay. Like you, I'm probably just trying to figure it all out. Prime Minister, a lot of people are stocking up. They're panic hoarding. Um, uh, what is your message to people? Some people are panicking. Some people think we got to close the borders. Uh, there's a lot of fear. What is your message right now to Canadians who are doing that panic hoarding or, 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 or shopping and to Canadians in general? Well, supply chains have not been disrupted. Groceries are still coming up uh, from uh, from the United States, from elsewhere, and will for the foreseeable future. I just left Costco. It's actually a little bit frightening. Like, people are doing just as what you're discussing. They're hoarding toilet paper and water. 
like we have tap water and are we going to stop making toilet paper what's your what's the freedom that you want back what's what freedom was stolen from you have the choice to be vaccinated or not but you do have the choice now the reports are that it was a missile that the iranians just hours after launching ballistic missile attack on the u.s forces in iraq uh, may have knocked out that plane where are you on this phil Right now, the initial reports are coming out that it was brought down by a tour missile. Brenda Dubois knows all about the residential institutions because at the age of four, she was forced to go to one in Saskatchewan. She joins us now. She is a residential institution survivor. A residential school affected us, infected us. Gloria, all right, you say. She's been on the show many times. Uh, first of all, Gloria, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you very much for having me. We are very pleased to be joined by Ambassador John Bolton. Was Canada being used in this issue with Meng Wanzhou in order for Donald Trump to leverage to get a better relationship with China or better deal with China? Well, I can say fortunately uh, or unfortunately, the only person in the U.S. government who believed in using it for that purpose was Trump himself. I moved to California in the summertime. That is Nightbird, Jane Marzuski. I changed my name thinking that it would change my mind. Jane Marzuski has terminal cancer. I thought that all my problems, they would stay behind. I was a stick of dynamite and it just was a matter of time, yeah. Oh, dang. What was it like to get up there and sing It's Okay because it was like your soul was on the stage, Jane? It felt like the stage was way too big for me just to stand up there as myself. I just shared my shared the story of my life and, and it was overwhelming how, how much people responded to it. I wrote a hundred pages but I burned them all. Come on, Evan, get with it. How did you get on Jeopardy? I think that that's just from a lifetime of being really excited about learning and wanting to know the answers to stuff. The great Christine Sinclair joins us now. Oh my God, I'm completely God. I love you. Canadian sprinter, six-time Olympic medalist, Andre de Grasse. Would you rather have won the gold in the 100 or the 200? <laughs> Benjamin Alexander is about to make history as Jamaica's first Olympic alpine skier. I saw my friends turn into superheroes when they put on their powder skis and just disappeared off the ridge line. And I had no interest in skiing prior to that and at that moment I just thought let's do this I want to be a skier and Kevin I'm glad you mentioned Letter Kenny just call me Kevin well I'm not your brother that concert was kind of shut down because of the noise it was a they didn't have a permit and there's a young 19 year old London Metropolitan Police Constable named Ray Dag who had to negotiate the end of that concert I was in if you like work mode and didn't allow myself the luxury of thinking oh I'm watching a concert here on the run if I had coffee before I, it would not be pretty that is a can of worms you are opening, my friend. I've yes, been there. I've, I've paid the price. I've yes, it is. I've, I've had to do some creative problem solving before, and I'm not proud of it. Those are dark times. I was up showering. Okay, I'm going to just get graphic. This is what happened. The meatballs are in the oven. I turned the stove off. So dog is outside barking. I couldn't hear her. And I've only been alone for 24 hours. I go upstairs to... So I'll just take a quick shower, just rinse off from the run. 
And then the phone rings. And someone's like, hey, what are you doing? Nothing. But I didn't know I had the earbuds in. And then I decided to also follow Puddle's example and Pete. And I was drying off. And one of my um, Apple AirPods fell into the pee toilet. I don't get what I'm doing here. We are catching the edge of a massive storm moving up the East Coast. The, the heaviest snowfall is expected this evening. Yes, the storm is called Stella. This concludes our broadcast day. Jack Hi, Evan. We <laughs> meet again. Oh, my God, Christmas. We started this show seven years ago with my dear friend Gord Downey's song, Courage. Gord had passed. I loved him. So we wanted that to be our motto, Courage. And every single person, Roberta Bondar, the guy at Costco trying to get through, Brenda Dubois, the residential institution survivor, Nightbird, Benjamin Alexander, the pee toilet. Doesn't matter. We'll say it all here. Chris Viss, thank you, brother. I love you. I love working with you. Those were just like, I don't know how you, you drew all that in, but the thing I love most about this show, the people, right? Like, we'll talk about anything. Prime Minister's on, hold your feet to the fire. You're an astronaut. You're an Olympian. You want to talk about going peeing in the garden? You do it. I don't know how you did it, Evan. I don't know how. It, it, I just, it's just so much fun. The people that we got on this show. It was like, this is like, you know, it's like you always are saying, what's your dream dinner party? And it's like, I feel like Chris and Sam and Hannah and Tony, like all of us were like, every day we're like, who would we have? And I always said that, right? Like if you're taking a road trip for two hours, who do you want in the car? And we're like, do you want an astronaut? Sam would be like, how about Roberta Bonner? It's like, yes. You want the prime minister? Why not? You want a residential school? Yes. How about the latest on Iran? Yes. Also, if you're in the car and you dropped your earbud in the toilet, you would tell your ride along. Dude, you, you smell like pee. It's like, yeah, you know what happened today? All right, I'm going to take a break. This is my last segment coming up. I'm going to say some thank yous to you and to my family and to some others. Hang in there. Time in your car doesn't have to be time wasted. Join the evolution of talk radio. This is the Evan Solomon Show on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. All right, uh, we are here. Last segment of our last show together. Um, it's a long road. It's a small world and a long road, and we will meet again on the way. Uh, as I told you, I'm taking this new job at uh, Eurasia Group G Zero Media in New York City. So we're going to move down there in January, uh, start working there soon. Uh, I will remain as a special correspondent for events on CTV News. So I will remain as part of the conversation. But because this is the last program, I just, if you will permit me just to say thank you to a few people. And I know that always people are like, oh my God, the Academy Awards, it's so boring. But you know these people because this is a family. You know Samantha Pope. Samantha Pope, and just let me quickly say, is one of the hardest working, most remarkable producers. Uh, she stood first in her class at Carleton. She walked in here just over a year and a half ago. 
or just under a year and a half ago. And she has been a Navy SEAL of a producer. Cheerful, enthusiastic, brilliant, relentless, tireless. You are a star. And your future is unbelievably bright, Samantha. You are a leader. You are fair, generous, and brilliant. And whatever you choose to do, I will watch and cheer and anything I could do to help Samantha Pope. Ladies and gentlemen, she is fantastic. Sammy, I love you. Evan, thank you so much. I know, you know I've been only working on this show for a year, but as soon as I got hired, I knew that I was going to be learning from the best. And since day one, you've just been in my corner, just so supportive, just such a a joy and just such a positive influence on my life. And I just can't thank you enough. We are friends. And, and, and you replaced one of the greats uh, who's gone on to television, right? Hannah Berge. And many of you know Hannah. We went through a lot together. I'm going to bring on Hannah. And while I do that, Hannah began the show with another dear friend of mine who's producing a show in a News Talk 1010 now. I think he's producing Jerry Agar's show, which comes on in Toronto just before us. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, always Donnie Coulter. Hannah and Donnie. Uh, I can't thank either of you enough. Uh, I mean, first of all, I learned so much from Donnie. He's he's a brilliant, uh, brilliant producer. I, I, I learned so much from you. And by the way, from Mike Ben Dixon when Mike was there and now from Jeff McDonald, who's there. Great leaders at that station. But Donnie, you've coached me. And, and then, of course, you brought on we brought on Hannah. And, and I mean, there's others like Yael Berger, who has been a great producer as well. But my God, uh, Hannah. Donnie, I, I love having you both here. Thank you so much. You're both like, I can't even believe the good fortune I had to work with both of you. So thank you. Evan, it's no, been, it's been such an honor to work with both you and Donnie. You made it so fun to come, come into work every single day. Like Sam said, you, you were a mentor and a colleague, but you were also so much more than that. You were a friend. You're such a kind, passionate person. And you brought so much energy to the, to the show every single day. Like it was a it was truly a privilege to, to work with both of you every Love day. It. Hannah Berge is doing, but by the way, uh, mostly Donnie will be working for Sam and Hannah soon. Uh, if we're not working for you, Donnie, that's basically what my, my fear is. No, Sam and Hannah are both great. And uh, like just being able to work with both of them in a very small period of time is amazing. But uh, like, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you, uh, you deserve all the opportunities that come to you in life. People have no idea how hard you work. You put the work in like nobody else I've ever encountered. And I've missed every day that I haven't been working on your show um, in this industry. And you, I hope that, I hope everybody gets a chance to work with somebody who, who is like you because you have this magic Ted Lasso like ability where it doesn't matter how good these people are working in a specific room. When you enter that room, you make those people better they become better and it doesn't matter how good they were before. And you do it through, you know, your passion and your curiosity and your positivity. And it's, it's rare that people get to experience working with somebody like that. So sincerely, Evan, thank you. And I'll miss you. Ah, you guys, you guys are great. By the way, folks, I just want to say this has only cost me 20 bucks a comment for each. <laughs> These guys are so reasonable. They come at such reasonable rates right now. Uh, Hannah, Donnie, I love you guys. I, I'm proud that we're friends. Uh, let me just say a few thank yous. Uh, Chris Friss, I've already thanked Chris. Uh, I just want to name a few names, folks, because this is how radio works. Uh, Hannah, Donnie, Andre Pru, Andre, what, a, what an amazing guy. Uh, Elsie, Stephen Ellsworth, who sits in for Chris sometimes. Dave Daigle, who's the head of Bell Media Radio and has a, become a friend. Dave Daigle's one of the great guys. What Dave, Dave's about to run. He just did a half Ironman. 
and, and he's amazing. Jeff McDonald, who oversees the radio, just a great guy. Mike Bendixson, uh, used to. Mike's a dear friend. Mike, uh, we're in your corner as well. The affiliated shows, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, London, St. Catherine, Windsor, Vancouver, Victoria, Kelowna. Oh, my God. Uh, I love it. Chris Burry in Montreal, the PD there. What a great guy. I got this job seven years ago because of the, my dear friends. Uh, they became dear friends. Peter Angiona, Angioni, Joanne Wu, and Richard Gray. Fantastic. Cassie Elwards, Sebastian Tremblay. Fantastic. Uh, Christy Cameron, who is my co-host and now the great drive home host, uh, is, I love Christy. Uh, she is fantastic. I work with TSN, Maddie Kay, Lee Versage. Oh my God, Lee, yeah, Maddie, thank God. But, and, and then mostly the audience, you, as I've said, I learned so much. I listen carefully Be, before I get to the audience, which is, it's all about you. I just want to thank my, my, my family. I lost my dad on the show. Uh, you were there for me. My mom who listens every day, mom, I love you. Uh, and I'll see you this weekend for dad's unveiling. My brother and sister, my in-laws were family. Mo- mostly my wife, Tammy Quinn, and my two kids, Maisie and Gideon, who have been with me and are on this next adventure in New York. I'm only, do- Tammy is my guide. She's, you know, I, I talk, she says, have you should stop talking about me so much. I talk about her all the time because she's a central part of my life and she's a brilliant, compassionate Smart, takes no BS. Uh, she's the greatest. Tam, I love you. Thank you. And this next chapter of our lives is going to be great. My two beautiful kids. Uh, many of you met my dog, Puddle and Oliver. Yes, they're coming to New York. Someone just asked. Um, so, Tam, Maze, Gid, thank you. Uh, I love you guys. And this next adventure is going to be great. Uh, let me just say this to the audience. Um, is Christy Cameron actually on the line? Because i got a minute and a half. Christy, are you there? Let you go, Evan. I just wanted to say goodbye, and I just wanted oh to tell you God. we love you so much. Oh my it was God. such a pleasure working with you. You are inspiring. You are fearless. You okay. are an absolute force. And let me just say this. Nobody has made me reflect or think more, and nobody else has made me ugly ah. laugh the <laughs> amount of times that I was face down on that we- dirty carpet in the radio studio laughing with tears in my eyes, unable to I speak. I love you. Countless. Listen, can I just say, you sound healthy enough to work today. I, I love you, Christy. And I got a minute here. I can't believe I'm cutting Christy off. I love Christy. We, we became great friends. Can I, I have a minute, Chris? Can I just say to the audience, thank you. I mean this. It's a long road, and I'll, I'll, I'll be doing more TV and radio from New York. I'll be back here. But I want to just leave you with this. Uh, and please leave 7 10, 10. I'll try to get back to everyone. Keep talking. Keep talking to us. Keep talking to each other. And keep listening, not just listening to us. People say that, but keep listening to each other. That's the most important thing. Keep listening to each other. That's all we've got here. Thanks for your passion. Thanks for your ideas. Thanks for the debates. Thanks for the criticism. Thanks for everything. It's a long road in a small world. It's been the honor of my life being on this station, uh, working at CTV and Bell Media and iHeartRadio. I love this. You've always been there for me. I will always have a place for you. I thank you. Keep talking. Keep listening. Let's do this together. I love you very, very much. And I thank you. And I'll see you down the road. 